buckle up and to anyone that's listening, grab a pen and a paper is this is powerful. And it doesn't matter if you're new to entrepreneurship or business or real estate. Maybe you're an intermediate. Maybe you're an expert. I'm telling you what I'm about to drip here, Brian, is going to apply to anyone who's listening to this. And what I'd invite you and the listener to do is to really think about these five key reasons. I call them the five key reasons why people fail to scale in business, real estate, and life. Welcome to the Action Academy Podcast. Stand back while I celebrate freedom. The show where we help you achieve financial independence with the mindsets, methods, and actionable steps from guests who've already earned their freedom. The flags of freedom fly. Choose to do what you want. What you want. With who you want. With who you want. When you want. When you want. With another episode today. Now, here's your host, Brian Lubin. What's up, guys? This is your host, as always, Brian Lubin, giving you all the information you need to live a rich, successful, and amazing life for free. And if you need help implementing it, executing it, and leveling up that group of people that you're surrounding yourself with in 2023, I've got the community for you, the Action Academy community at theactionacademy.co in the show description. Apply for membership below. Guys, today's show guest is a stud. There is no way to sugarcoat it. Guys, a stud. This is the type of dude that is the $50,000 to $100,000 a year performance coach. Um, and I know this because he coaches a lot of my friends. And if any of you guys are familiar with Joe Fairless from Best Ever Real Estate, uh, he coached Joe when he had a couple of properties and he didn't have the podcast. Now he's got the top real estate podcast and uh, one of the largest syndications in the world. So this guy knows what he's doing. And who is that guy? None other than Coach Trevor McGregor, Coach T. He worked directly with Tony Robbins for 10 years, getting a personal mentorship for him and learning his playbook one-on-one. And then he turned that into 30,000 hours of logged calls with entrepreneurs, helping them with their mindset, performance, and business. So uh, I will give a disclaimer. He's not my coach. I don't hire him. But I will say this guy coaches a lot of my friends, so I can vouch for his results. And the guy knows what he's talking about. The focus of today's episode is one word and one word only, scale, because that is my word for 2023. I'm trying to figure out how to build systems and processes to scale my business to the next level. If you already have a business, this is going to be a fantastic episode for you. If you do not yet have a business and you're listening to this and you're W2 on the way there, on the way back at lunch, this will be even more beneficial for you because now you can avoid the mistakes that a lot of us have made over years and decades and be able to begin your business with an end in mind from the very beginning. This is huge, ladies and gentlemen, I promise you. It's a great episode. It's about 40 minutes, and I will earn every single one of them. This show is reaching a lot of new people, and that's fantastic. But about 40% of you do not subscribe or follow the show. So what I need you to do on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, go in the top right corner, smash that little plus button, and follow the show so that the sun will shine brighter, the birds will chirp louder, and your days will just be better because you have the Action Academy podcast downloading each and every day to your listening device. Guys, let's get to it. Coach T, let's roll. All right. Coach Trevor McGregor, Coach T, how are you, my friend? Oh, Brian, thanks for having me on, brother. I am blessed and grateful to be here on the show with you. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. We are doing a little international call here. I'm over here in Atlanta, Georgia. You're over in Australia. Tell us why you're in Australia and when you're coming back. 
Yeah, thank you for that. Normally, I'm coming to you from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Yes, I'm Canadian. You might detect a little bit of a Canadian accent, but my family and I also spend a lot of time in Italy, in the UK, in Hong Kong, and we've just decided to kind of make Australia our second favorite place on the planet. So we're here for a few months and coming back in the spring for one of my clients, Joe Fairless, puts on an amazing conference called the Best Ever Conference, and that's in Salt Lake City in March of 23. So I'll be heading back to uh, enjoy that with Joe. Man, I love different levels of wealth because just how casually you say that, you're like, oh, yeah, I love Australia. It's my favorite part of the world. I just decided to live here a couple of months. And then we go over to Italy and I go everywhere. Man, I love that. You are a high performance coach, a mindset coach, business coach, real estate coach, coach of the stars. Like you said, you coach Joe Fairless. You coach two of my friends, Brian Beers and Pasha, who have both been on this podcast. And so whenever it comes to terms of coaching and mentorship, you've got the guys that are in two different camps is kind of how I label them. You've got the guys where you're like, let me make sure that you're worth it. And then you've got the guys that are name your price and let me figure out how to pay it. And I believe you are in that latter camp where it's just like, let me figure out how to get fifty to $100,000 to pay this freaking guy to change my life. Because you have had some really crazy results with my friends. So I'm really excited to dive into this with you today. Thank you. Yeah. And again, it's not for the faint of heart. I have done this work for a very long time. Not only am I a high performance coach with over 30,000 coaching sessions under my belt and Brian, that's an actual statistic. That's why you might hear a little bit of hoarseness in my voice. Kind of like my man, Tony Robbins, who I worked with for over half a decade, coaching millionaires and billionaires, a lot of Olympic athletes, sports heroes, and that sort of thing. But I'm also a real estate investor, and that's really my passion. Now, in addition to doing a whole bunch of stuff in Vancouver, I'm a big believer in diversification and have literally played the real estate syndication game with people all over the U.S., from Florida to Atlanta to Colorado to Nashville to so many different markets, Carolinas, both north and south, and a whole bunch of spots in between. Doing multifamily, done some uh, self-storage in Key West, Florida. We've done some agricultural stuff, bought a potato farm in Colorado, turned it into a hemp farm, believe it or not. And then I've also invested outside of the U.S. in places like Costa Rica and Australia. Between all the coaching calls, passion for real estate, and working with guys like you, Brian Beers, who's just an amazing young entrepreneur, Pasha Esfandarium, does it get any better than that? I have a lot of fun doing this, and you can tell I'm pretty passionate about it as well. And correct me if I'm wrong, but you purposely do not like scale. You don't want to scale. Just take a couple of specific individual clients and that's what you sit with, correct? Yeah, it's a little bit of a unique model where I work one-to-one with most high-performing clients. And again, I'm at that stage in my career where I could coach anybody anywhere, anytime. And that might sound like a little bit of an ego play, but I really like to play and coach with high performers. I love the people that are here on purpose and with purpose to do something in business or entrepreneurship or real estate so that they can scale. But yeah, I do a little bit of group coaching. I do a lot of keynote speaking. I do some private mentoring and that sort of thing. But my passion is working one-on-one with people or partners or couples to really help them turn what I call decades into days. Why take 10 years to figure it out? When you can work with a high performance coach and have somebody to help you with your blind spots and help you go further faster. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And I love that we're talking right now. It's very apt that we're speaking right now on January 23, because my word of the year is scale. 
because I am one of those guys that's early in the game as well to where it's just like there's a lot of energy, there's a lot of income, there's a lot of this, there's a lot of that. But I'm like, okay, the version of me that was producing this high active income needs to die and be replaced with the version of me that's creating systems and scalability and models and team. So let's focus all on scale for this episode for both myself selfishly and then the audience as well, because there's a lot of people in here that are maybe at that high six figure trying to get to the seven figure mark. And then I know there's a bunch that are listening that are at the seven figure trying to scale to the eight. So I know that you have five key reasons people fail to scale. Blow some minds, man. Let's go ahead and get rocking and rolling out the gate. (laughs) Buckle up and to anyone that's listening, grab a pen and a paper as this is powerful. And it doesn't matter if you're new to entrepreneurship or business or real estate. Maybe you're an intermediate. Maybe you're an expert. I'm telling you what I'm about to drip here, Brian, is going to apply to anyone who's listening to this. And what I'd invite you and the listener to do is to really think about these five key reasons. I call them the five key reasons why people fail to scale in business, real estate and life. And at the end of it, come back and do what I call a self-audit or take a personal inventory of the ones where you feel you kind of looked after, but I'll guarantee that there's some other areas that could use some improvement. So how does that sound as we get started here? Eh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not that interested. Of course, right. let's go into it, man. Right. Let's so kick excited. it off. After yeah, you, my friend. Stop after each one to get your reflection because they are powerful. And let's be honest. Let's kick it off with the number one reason why people fail to scale. Please put this in your notes, folks. Number one is limiting beliefs, right? Limiting beliefs. We've all got some sort of cobwebs up here mm-hmm. in our brain that weighs about three pounds and sits between our two ears that's designed to keep us safe, Right. So whether you're in a W-2 trying to leave, or maybe you've left the W-2 and you're trying to grow your entrepreneurial game or real estate portfolio, or maybe you're a franchisee. I know Mr. Beers works with a ton of franchisees. You know what? It's oftentimes these little gremlins, these little saboteurs up here that will hold you back from really exploding what's possible. So the very first thing we do in coaching is we identify what kind of limiting beliefs do you have? Because some of them, and you'll find these quite common, is it's going to be hard, or it's going to take a long time, or I don't have enough money, or I don't have enough resources, or I'm too small to hire a personal assistant, or what if it doesn't work out? What if I lose my money? And all of this stuff goes on and on, and it's real. So we don't want to deny anything that comes up for us, but we can't be held back by it, or we're going to find ourselves sitting in the same spot instead of skyrocketing our results. So that's the first thing that people have to check in on, Mm. especially in a new year like 2023, right? If you really think about it, ask yourself this one question, what's a limiting belief or what's preventing me from believing that I can absolutely move the needle in 2023? And Brian, I'll throw it back to you for reflection on that. Yeah, you immediately said uh, one that I'm working on the most right now, which is the full-time personal assistant. So I've gone back and forth with virtual assistants that were coming in. But then what ended up happening was I was spending a lot of my time having to give them more. And they'd say, I need more, I need more. And then somebody mentioned to me, they're like, well, you realize that once you have the right person, like they're not going to be asking you for more. They'll be telling you like what, (laughs) what to do and they'll be running the show. And that's when you found your person. So I'm curious about your perspective on that for a lot of people that are listening to this that are in my position where they've got income, they've got revenue. At what point is it right for that virtual or for that personal assistant? Yeah, different strokes for different folks, Brian. That's why I would say that you've opened up two loops in my coaching mind. The first one is 
There's never a right or wrong time to do anything, but it really depends on what you're doing with your time. Kind of spoiler alert that then these five things as well, that if you're doing lower level tasks, 20 and $30 an hour tasks, when you could be doing those hundred, five hundred thousand dollar tasks, would now be a time to consider leveraging a personal assistant. So that's number one. Number two, I'm telling you that not all VAs are created equal, right? And sometimes you got to kiss a few frogs to find the prince or kiss a few frogs to find the princess, right? Because I'm telling you the 80-20 rule exists where 80% of VAs are probably not your VA and not going to help you, but 20% of them are. So I'm a big believer in that quote from Think and Grow Rich where Napoleon Hill says that there is no failure, there's only feedback. And if you got a VA where you get some feedback that it might not be a mm. good fit, you haven't failed. You just haven't kissed enough frogs or princesses yet. Does that land with you? Yeah, man. I'm puckering up over here. <laughs> so Funny. that's been the battle ongoing is trying to figure that out and kind of getting my time out. But yeah, let's continue on with the rest of the four just for time's sake. And we can circle back to this afterwards so I don't ruin your flow here. No, you're good, man. And number two is one of my favorite ones as well. So once we get rid of your limiting beliefs... We then move to number two, Brian, which is a lack of a strategic plan. A lack of a strategic plan. I'm more people spend more time planning their trip to Bermuda or Mexico a year than they do their business or their life. So what I like to do is start with what we call well, your short-term goals. Short-term might be the next 30, 60, 90 days, or really short-term for me is anything up to one year. Long-term goals for me is anything from one to five years, because a lot can happen in five years. And then everything beyond five years is what I call your vision for your business and your life. So we put all of that on the table. We start to see where you're at, where you want to go, and then we start to reverse engineer how we're going to get you there. So, you know, Tony, my coach and mentor and the guy I worked with for, gosh, so many years, I love him. And he's got this great quote. He says that people who fail to plan, plan to fail. And it's absolutely true in business, real estate, and life. Yeah, absolutely. Another Tony quote that I like, a Tonyism, is uh, it's not about the resources, it's about the resourcefulness. Right? You got it. Absolutely. You bet. But yeah, I'm, I'm huge with that. I'm all about the, uh, the vivid visions. Now I currently have a three-year plan for my life and for my vision. What I found to be true going through it is as I've progressed and done like, big, hairy, audacious goals, I never end up doing them in the way that I thought I would but I always end up getting them done. So that's, that's kind of a recurring thing that I've noticed to be true. Yeah, it's absolutely that everything you plan, sometimes you'll want to climb up steps one and two, and you think step three is going to be here, but it's over here. So you climb up step three and four over here, and then it moves you to step five and six over here. So we call that the entrepreneur's journey, right? And if it was easy, everyone would quit their W-2 job and just start doing this right away, but it's not. And that's why having a coach a teacher, a mentor, an accountability partner, being a go bro, being a part of strategic coach or hiring a guy like me can definitely help you get clarity because where there's clarity, there's power. So once we help you with your limiting beliefs, then we help you to create a strategic plan. The third reason why people fail to scale is really what I call a lack of systems for support, right? Because we get rid of your limiting beliefs and we can create outcomes and plans, but how are you literally running those day by day? What are your roles? What are your responsibilities? What are you leveraging to your partners, right? How are you using what I call professional pillars to help you win the game of real estate, business, or life? Those are accountants. Those are attorneys. Those are bank lenders. They could be property managers. They could be anybody that helps you go further faster. It could even be technology, right? Are you leveraging 
apps and stuff that helps you run the day-to-day business. And not only are you using it and getting feedback of what's working and what's not working, because systems aren't just there to help you run the business. They're help you there to optimize and maximize running the business. So how would you speak to number three? Yeah, I'd love some extra examples on that because right now we're smack dab in the middle of a solutions graveyard, right? So we're in the beginnings of January. People are still gung ho. And right now is the perfect time to get this message out to make sure that they stay sticky because I'm trying to remember what the quote was. It's like you you don't fail to the level of your goals. You fail to the level of your systems and habits and your standards. So can you speak to an example of how you can go about how somebody that's listening to this, that's setting these goals, that's setting these resolutions, what's something that they can implement right now to be able to further cement these systems and standards so that they can actually make sure that they have prolonged success and longevity with this? Oh, well, it's a great question, Brian. And it really boils down to identity. It really boils down to roles and responsibilities. It really boils down to what we call your ZOG. And your ZOG or Z-O-G is your zone of genius. What should you be working on? And what do you love Mm. to do? And what, you know, feeds your soul? And what doesn't? Because when you can get clear on your zone of genius and what you should be doing, then we can move to the second part of that of what you have to do, even though you might not be the best at it or you might not like it, you kind of do it like your taxes ready. And then you've got this over here, which is stuff that you should absolutely not be doing. That's stuff you just absolutely don't like doing, you know, you shouldn't be doing or that you could leverage to somebody else. So when we get clear on our identity and we get clear on our zone of genius, what should we be doing? What do we have to do? What should we arm out to other people? I think a book like Traction would be an excellent place for people to start. Maybe somebody's more of a visionary and maybe someone's more of an integrator. Maybe somebody is more people-oriented and somebody's more numbers-oriented, right? Because, again, isn't for the faint of heart. And I'd certainly rather do what I love to do, which is coaching and real estate and speaking and mentoring and facilitating than sitting behind a desk underwriting an apartment deal in Atlanta. Even though I can do that stuff, I'd rather farm that stuff out and pay someone to do it so that I can stay in my lane. How does that land with you? Yeah, absolutely. And it goes back to the limiting beliefs, because as a visionary myself, I'm a very type A visionary. And for people listening to everything that me and Trevor are talking about, we're talking about the book Traction by Gino Wickman, where they talk about this is also more so rocket fuel, where it talks about visionaries and integrators. So the visionary is the person that's the vision guy. They're the ones that are the raw, raw. I'm going to make make something out of nothing. And they put all this energy and effort out into the universe and they birth this business. But then they need somebody that brings the systems that brings the scale that's the boots on the ground the operator that really takes things to the next level and that's the integrator so when we go back to limiting beliefs a limiting belief that i have and that i still struggle with is i hate that stuff so much that i can't fathom somebody enjoying that and that being their zone of genius but i have to remind myself it's an absolute limiting belief and that there are people out there that would despise doing what i'm doing And they would love nothing more than to sit down and create a freaking SOP and create a schedule and sit there. Can you talk a little bit about this? Is this something that you do with visionaries and also your coaching? You're shaking your head. (laughs) It's like you're sitting in my office, a camera over my shoulder here. But yeah, that's exactly what we do. And you got to give yourself some space for grace, folks, because Tony Robbins has this thing called the life cycle of a business. And it really depends on where you are in your business. You're just starting your business. You're in what Tony Robbins calls the infant phase, right? 
And then think about an infant. It needs a lot of love, a lot of breast milk, a lot of diaper changes, a lot of hugs. Otherwise, it dies, just like a business. But you move from infant to toddler. Now you're three years old and you can shove cereal in your mouth and hopefully tie up your Velcro shoelaces, but by no means can you be left to your own devices, right? So you literally go from infant to toddler, and I like to slip in and go from toddler to 10-year-old. Now you can talk and walk and go to school and ride a bike, but you're still fairly young. And then from 10-year-old, we get into what Tony calls the teenage years, and oh boy, That can be a tumultuous time because now you're running the business, but you think you know it all. You're probably overspending. You're probably not as careful with setting up systems and putting aces in their places, as we like to say. And sometimes you get your butt handed to you in the teenage years where you have no choice to become what we call a young adult. And a young adult might be 22 years old. Maybe you're in college. You realize you got to pay your tuition. You know, you got to get books. You got to take responsibility. And then you spend some time in young adult until you're ready to move to mature adult. And that's where business is really fun. That's where you're making money. You got the right people in the right seats on the bus. You got systems and processes. You can take a little bit more time off and travel. When you really think about it, different people are at different places in that life cycle of a business. And that's why it's not a one size fits all for anyone that we coach. How does that land with you? 100%. Yeah, because right now it's just, it's very cool to be able to do this podcast and be able to talk to people and talk to guys like you because I'm able to be in the trenches with everyone in the audience with my baby business because I just started it. And now we're about to pop. No, I think we're at six figures right now. I think we already just created a six figure business in the last 10 weeks. So that's pretty cool. That's so taking that up to seven figures this year, 2023. And then the goal is to go up to the eight figure mark. So We'll talk a little bit more about that scale to go back to that keyword of 2023 here. But uh, I believe we have one or two more, uh, five reasons people fail to scale. You betcha. So number one was limiting beliefs. Number two was a lack of a strategic plan. Number three is lack of systems for support. So yes, two more to go here. And number four, Brian, is what we call poor time management. Poor time management. There, I said it. And most people, pardon the term, (laughs) suck at time management because they don't understand what's called the rule of 168. Now, if you've never heard of the rule of 168, it literally means that we all have 168 hours a week, seven days times 24 hours, at least in my math and yours works out to 168 hours. Now we sleep for a bunch of those. We eat, we pay the bills. We might play with our kids or our family, but what are you doing with the rest of your time? Are you doing the things that you feel are important? Are you doing the things that are urgent? Because most people are doing things that they think are urgent instead of working on what's really important that will help them to scale. So as a high-performance coach, I get really deep into helping people win the rule of 168 and literally really winning the game of time. Can you give some examples on that? Because there's a couple of different time management systems that I've been tinkering with. One that I like right now is the concept called red, yellow, and green time to where it's green time, green time, green activities, make you money, direct Mm -hmm. revenue generation, yellow leads to revenue generation in the Mm -hmm. future. So for me, that would be this podcast is a yellow activity. This doesn't produce me revenue, but it will lead to revenue. And then red time is no revenue production. Grab that from your calendar. So that's kind of I go about my systems right now. What do you see when it comes to time management? Because you work with really high level people. What are some of your best practices for this? Yeah, it's really proprietary. And I'm happy to share it because you know what? I'm very transparent, but I've got a better system than that. 
And you talk to Pasha or you talk to Brian Beers or you talk to Cody Littlewood, Joe Fairless, some of my, my rock star clients, they literally embrace my time management system because it takes it from year three to what I call productivity pyramid, which are four things. So if you can think about a pyramid going up like a triangle, it's got four spaces within it. So there's four different places that we spend time as human beings or as entrepreneurs or business people. And the first space and the second space and the third space and the fourth space, I want you to think about it as you are using your time even more valuably as we move up the pyramid. So the verse, first space is what we call low or no value, okay? And that low or no value is like doing things that you should not really be doing much of, like watching television, numbly surfing the mm -hmm. internet, doing mowing your lawn when you can hire a neighborhood kid to do it for 25 bucks, like stuff that kind of average people do and they do a lot of it and they don't really think about it. That's not what high performers do. So we don't spend much time in category one. Category two is what we call no or low. And the no or low value is stuff that you do that gets you ready to make money. Maybe you're doing market research for real estate. Maybe you're vetting franchises. Maybe you're setting up a system so that you and your team can deploy it. Maybe you're preparing your taxes, right? That doesn't necessarily make you a lot of money, but it gets you ready to make money or it saves you money. Then we move up to level three, and that's what we call high dollar value. And high dollar value is usually when you're in front of somebody else that can absolutely say yes to a sale or say yes to sponsoring your podcast, or you're meeting with a business owner who's about to sell you their business or a property owner who's about to sell you their apartment, right? Think of it as FaceTime that when you spend time doing that activity, that's where the big bucks come in, right? And then the top of the pyramid, Brian, is what I call high lifetime. Value. It's the most important time where you're going to the gym. You're listening to podcasts like this. You're reading Think and Grow Rich. You're taking your significant other on a date. You're calling your parents. You are going to conferences and go abundance and all of these things. And what I do for color system is I give a color to all four of these. So that very first space in the pyramid, that low or no value is actually what I call that no dollar value is what I call brown time. It's shit time, right? High performers don't spend much time in brown. The second space no. is what I call light green time. And light green is green because money's green and that's getting you ready to make money. So if we then move to level three, that's what we obviously call dark green time, right? Dark green. Just like I love making money in real estate. I love making money in coaching. I love making money in consulting or speaking. And that's usually when I'm in FaceTime with guys like you or Pasha or Brian or Joe. And then that final space at the top of the pyramid is what we call gold time. Just like the most precious thing on the planet, that stuff, working out at the gym, having friend time, having intimate time, getting on the floor and playing with your kids, your nieces or nephews, traveling to great places like Australia, that's the spice of life. And so the whole goal here is to identify how much time are you spending below the equator of the pyramid and how much time are you spending above the equator of the pyramid? Because I can tell you this, that the quality of your ability to scale will be in direct proportion to knowing where you are in that pyramid. What do you think of that, Brian? I love that. There was this whole hustle culture movement to where people were like, oh, okay, I'm going to work 90 hours and that's the badge of honor. And then there's this Rockefeller quote that attributes the opposite of that to where he's like, the man that is the richest is the one that works the least. So 
it's really difficult and it's been a it's been a transition for me to get out of my head that I need to work X amount of hours and not feel guilty for when I'm not working now that I'm doing it on my own. Yep. So nobody really talks about that, but other people have to be feeling that like I am because in a high performance W2 position, it was just like you do your work and then that's you did it. And then now it's maybe I make four times the amount of money, but I do it in two hours a day. I'm like, what do I do with the rest of my day? And then that's when you start filling it with all the unnecessary bull crap that you're talking about. Can you speak to that a little bit? Absolutely, my friend. I teach this concept. So that pyramid is mine. And if anybody wants a copy of it, you can reach out to me and I'll happily send it. But the other thing I teach is a concept called hustle and flow. Hustle and flow. And it really is something high performers use because you're a high performer. You usually love to work, right? You probably tired of the Christmas holidays or tired of summer holidays and you're ready to get back at it. That's how I am. I love real estate. I love coaching. I love speaking. I love consulting. I do all of this stuff, but I also find time to get into what I call flow. And flow is where you absolutely unplug from all the daily hustle and bustle and thinking that you got to work 80 hours a week and everything else. And it's really what nature does, because I'll give you an analogy for it. If you think about water, you know, that melts from a snow cap at the top of a mountain, its outcome is to flow down the mountain, right, all the way till it reaches an ocean. And sometimes that water is white water rapids. It is like crazy and it's busy and you're in your dinghy and you're bouncing up and down and you think you're going to fall out of it. And then you literally hit this peaceful, calm, serene part of the river where you can kick back and you're looking up at the blue sky and there's green grass and trees and birds and a deer runs by. And then you know what happens next. There's a waterfall and you go back into the whitewater rapids and then you come out of the rapids into a calm, <laughs> peaceful stream. So that hustle and flow and hustle and flow and hustle and flow is really what high performers do. And they're aware of it and they pick their spots and they know when to call it 80-20. Maybe your hustle is 80% and your flow is 20, but the next week it might be 70-30 or 90-10 or 60-40. And so it's the awareness and the identity of who you are that will radically change your perspective on what time management, or as I like to call it, event management. So it's like self-regulations. What are some triggers that you've seen? What are some signs that you can attribute to pay attention to, to watch for in your emotional state and in your body that may be signaling burnout and maybe signaling that you need to get out of the rapids and get into that 20% flow state that you're kind of earning and redlining. What are some things that entrepreneurs can be looking out for as kind of warning bells to be like, okay, it's time to shift? Because as you're speaking, I understand what you're saying and yeah. you get better with that at time. But let's speak to that person that's just now experimenting with been in the raft for the first time. Yeah. See, you're going about it already looking for the effect to the cause instead of flipping it out on its head. So before people get there, you got to think about what comes ahead of burnout. If you're doing things like getting up in the morning, you're meditating you're journaling, you've got a vision board, maybe you're doing prayer, or you're working out your body, maybe you're hydrating. Every morning, I drink a glass of water with lemon to alkalize my body, and I get up at 4.30 every morning, seven days a week. Doesn't matter if it's a weekend, doesn't matter if it's a holiday, I have an identity that high performers get up and do things while other average people sleep in. And I don't immediately jump on my computer. I condition my mind, then I work out my body, 
Then I can sit down and set my intention for the day, have a nice cup of bulletproof coffee, and then I'm ready to kick ass, take names and chew bubblegum by opening up my, you know, computer and starting to get after the emails and then jump on coaching calls. So if you're already at that place where you're redlining, when would now be a good time to maybe take a page out of Coach T's notebook here and start doing some of the things that high performers do so that you don't get to that place of redlining? And if you do get to that place of redlining, you go back and you start to really understand that there is no work-life balance, right? It's really about being aware of who you are, what you want, why you want it, when you want it, and remembering that, you know what? Rome wasn't built in a day. And that's the other thing. I think as I coach people in their late 20s, their early 30s, their 40s, their 50s, their 60s, and I even have clients in their 70s, you start to see, hear, and feel by surrounding yourself with other like-minded people that, you know what, the best way to drive a car fast isn't to drive around in first gear all day long redlining it. It's to shift into second and then third and then fourth and then overdrive and get out on the freeway and have some fun. I love it. I love it, man. Let's move on to number five. You bet. And the final one is really a big one because, again, we've talked about limiting beliefs, a lack of a strategic plan, a lack of systems for support, poor time management. And number five is really three different things. I call it 5A, 5B, and 5C. So 5A is really what I call a lack of execution. 5B is a lack of measuring your progress or having benchmarks or KPIs. And 5C is really a lack of accountability. So let's unpack all of those. Because if you're not out there taking what I call intelligent and inspired action daily, note the word daily, you're really fooling yourself as an entrepreneur. You got to get out there and do something once you clear out the limiting beliefs. You've got the plan. You've got the systems. You're optimizing your calendar because what gets scheduled gets done. Then you go out there and you execute it. 5B is really how are you measuring success, right? You talk about hitting six figures, congratulations, but what are other benchmarks that you're trying to find on the way to seven figures or eight figures? And then 5C is who's holding you accountable? Is it you? Is it a business partner? Is it a significant other or a spouse? Or do you have a coach? Or do you have go bros? Or do you have an accountability buddy? Because I'm telling you at the end of the day, we know that people have good intentions, but the path of least resistance kicks in and we find ourselves sitting on the couch watching Netflix. Well, a little bit of Netflix is okay, but a lot of Netflix is what Tony Robbins calls the electronic income reducer, right? We're not going to make money by watching television or Netflix. We're going to make money by adding value to other people. And that's why I love your podcast. And I love who you are, right? Just like Pasha and Brian have podcasts. This podcast is a vehicle that is going to get out there and help you go further faster. But you've got to do it consistently. You've got to do it regularly. You've got to ask is that episode and get some feedback from your tribe or your go bros. Because at the end of the day, how you do anything is how you do everything. And that's really the five reasons why people fail to scale. So any comments on 5A, B, and C? That's what we talk about on the show. So it's a bit of reinforcement. I'm like, okay, cool. We're moving in the right direction. Curious if you have seen, because you've done thirty over 30,000 coaching calls and you've been with entrepreneurs at each level of the journey, if you could pinpoint to maybe two or three different friction points. I know that it's all individual. I know it's all personal. But after, as an aggregate, if you could pick two to three bullet points between maybe that six-figure to seven-figure mark and that seven-figure to eight-figure and beyond. Let's start with that six to seven. Let's talk to that W-2 person that's trying to become the millionaire. What are some aggregate 
friction points that you see as, as collective across your coaching calls that those people can shine a flashlight on and focus on to get rid of? Yeah, thank you for that. And again, I'm going to play with the psychology and strategy of it because if you really think about it, Tony's got a great quote where he says, and I can tell you're a big Tony guy as well, where he says that success is 80% psychology and 20% mechanics. And it's absolutely true. It's like a thousand percent true. So if you're a W2 person trying to get out of it, or you've just left the W2 and you're in real estate, or you're a franchisee, or you're in business or whatever, you got to really think about Tony's quote here, because if you're spinning your wheels or you're at a friction point, I can tell you that there are only four things that you need to do to start focusing on having that absolute quantum leap up. And guess what, Brian? They all start with the letter S, as in Superman. So I'm happy to dive into all of those if you're ready. Rock and roll. All right. Let's do it. Well, very (laughs) first one is your state, right? And state really refers to focus. And where focus goes, energy flows. So if you're focused on all the reasons why it's not working, or you're focused on all of your problems instead of solutions, or you're blaming the government, or you're blaming interest rates or competition, that's not a really good frame of mind to be in. So you got to be aware of all that, but you got to absolutely shift that state or that focus from a moving away from to what we call a moving towards. That is, what do you want? What do you really want? What do you really want? And what are one or two, three things that can help you get there? And once you identify one of those one, two, three things, that's really where you start to check in with the second S. But before I go there, what would you say you do to support having a better state personally? What do you do? Me, I do the morning routine. I do literally Tony Robbins morning routine. I do the priming routine with the breath work and I visualize three goals that are accomplished. And then I also visualize the long-term vision. So everything that I do revolves around my three-year plan. So I've got a three-year big, hairy, audacious goal. I help want to help a million people exit unfulfilling jobs so that they can live a life of fun, fun, fulfillment, and freedom. And I even have it on my lock screen on my phone here. I've got three different goals that I'm focused on for 2023. And that's all I think about. It's just that I spend the beginning of my day doing that. So you're spot on. That's awesome. And huge props to you. That just gives me goosebumps or God bumps, as I call them, because state is the very first thing you got to check in with. Because if you're not in a resourceful state, the other three don't matter. So that takes us to number two, which is your story. And your story is really your entity. It's who you are today. Are you a victim to circumstance and all the crap that's going on in the world? Or are you choosing to step out of victim into being a victor on your way to victory? Because I'm telling you, if you're feeling like you're a victim, you're going to make decisions as a victim instead of getting out of the muddy water and stepping into the clean pool of water to say, hey, I can be resourceful. I can be optimistic. I can be courageous. I can be gamified. Whatever you need to do, you got to step into and feel the emotions ahead of the occurrence no differently than other people who are absolutely successful. People like Elon Musk or Richard Branson or Tony Robbins or Oprah Winfrey. These people aren't in a victim modality. They're in a victor modality. And I'm telling you, success is on the other side of that. So once you own a better state and you own a better story, that sets us up for number three. Number three is what we call your standards. You bet I said it, it's your standards. Because as a Mm. high-performance coach, I can tell the quality of your ability to scale by the standards you hold yourself to, not just in business, but personally as well. 
So I'll give you props for getting up early and conditioning your mind and conditioning your body for owning your state, which is your focus for owning your story, which is that of somebody who's going to change a million people's lives for the better. I'd say that's a beautiful thing because a lot of people don't hold themselves to a certain standard or they say they're going to do it at the beginning of the year. And by January 7th or 8th, we know that 90% of New Year's resolutions are already broken, already gone. So the belief in my core being is once you align your state, your story, and your standards, and you're ready to take those to a whole new level, that's going to help you scale because that will bring us to number four. What do you think of standards? That's what most people are lacking. They create these goals, but they don't have the systems and standards to support them. So I've got this big, hairy, audacious goal. My goal is this year to have over 2 million downloads on the podcast, and then I want a million downloads a month the following year. That's a goal. So in order for that goal to have teeth to it, I have to have standards that support that goal. And one of those standards is every single day I make a podcast. I don't miss. I've never missed. I'm never going to miss. I don't care if I'm sick or if I've traveled around the world. I do five episodes a week. And I went to Greece. I went to every time zone. Singapore, I had five five episodes a week. Yep. And I don't miss. Yeah, and so that's my standard. And so everything else breaks across that like the freaking water on the rock. I freaking love that. And if you want to talk about scale, that's literally what my client Joe Fairless has done. And Joe and I started working together in 2012. He owned four single family homes in Texas. They were worth about 60,000 bucks a piece. And he was you know, frustrated that every time somebody would move out, he'd have to go in and refloor it, repaint it. And he wasn't making any money. And that's when we pivoted to buying apartment buildings. And he started to really dive into apartments and people would start asking him questions and he would do these little seminars at the library in New York. And I'd say, you know what, Joe, you need a bigger presence. Why don't you think of starting a podcast? And you know what he said to me, Brian? He said, that's a stupid idea. Nobody's going to want to listen to me. It'll just be my mom, my dad, and my dog. And I said, I believe that you're passionate. You love real estate and you're knowledgeable. And anyway, he did it. He went ahead and started the world's longest daily running real estate podcast. And it really became his identity into today's date. And we're talking thousands and thousands of podcast episodes later, millions and millions of downloads to where Joe has gone from owning four single family homes to get this, having over $3 billion, yes, with a B, $3 billion in assets under management. That is because of his state, his story, and his standard which really takes us to number four, which is a strategy. Because once you've got your state, your story, and your standards aligned, then you got to absolutely go out there and execute on a strategy. Your strategy of being an entrepreneur with a podcast is golden. Joe's idea to have a podcast, then write a book, then write two more books and put on amazing conferences are all part and parcel of what's allowed him to grow his business, his real estate empire with Ashcroft Capital. And I couldn't be more proud of him. We've been doing our work together now for a freaking decade. And to think that he's gone from owning four houses in Texas to having apartments all over the U.S. is almost mind boggling. But I can tell you that it came from those five reasons why people failed to scale. We made sure that those were not knocking him over. And then he embraced the four S's of state, story, standards, and strategy. And there you have it, Brian, the four S's that will help any entrepreneur scale their business. I absolutely love it, my friend. You came and you delivered just like we all thought you would. 
Uh, where can people find you? Where can people learn more about you and give a shameless self-promotion? Because I know you're not taking on many clients, correct? Yeah, or if you have any spots at all. Yeah, obviously, there's only so many one-to-one calls a guy can do. And I've got some amazing clients and a pretty full client load. There's probably a couple spaces left right now. But uh, yeah, for anybody that wants to find out more about me, you can obviously find me on LinkedIn. It's Trevor McGregor. That's spelled M-C-G-R-E-G-O-R. Or you can go to my website, which is simply trevormcgregor.com. That's trevormcgregor.com. You can learn a little bit more about me, how the coaching works. And then there's something really cool that I just put out this past year, and it's my private podcast series. That's right. It's a private podcast that I do where people get access to what's called my eight-week self-development program. And the name of that program is called Rich Beyond Belief. And it's a paid podcast, but I can assure you it's less than a really nice steak dinner and a bottle of wine with your spouse. It's less than a couple hundred bucks. And you will literally be able to go in there, buy it, download it to your smartphone and have me in your ear for eight weeks talking about all the core competencies of the best of the best that I teach, including goal setting and goal achievement, time management mastery, how to become a master of influence and negotiation, how to work with the natural laws of the universe to call in abundance and everything else you can imagine. So for anybody that's interested in that, there's a short video on the website that explains it. You can literally get in there and buy it within 30 seconds. It'll download a QR code to your smartphone and you're off to the races. Love it, my friend. Thank you so much for your time today. And thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. And a big shout out to you because I know how passionate you are about business, about entrepreneurship and helping people. I'm telling you, a high tide lifts all boats. And the first one thing I want to leave the listener with is really two things. Number one, check in with your hunger because the more hungry you are for success, the more you'll find it. Don't settle for an appetizer when you can go out there and have the buffet because it's out there for all of us. And number two, remember to bring the passion because where there's passion, there's profit. Because if you love what you do and you love helping other people, money has to become a byproduct of that if you're out there and you're looking to scale. So Brian, thank you for having me on. Continue your great work and happy new year to you, my friend. Thank you, my friend. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, this has been Brian and Trevor McGregor with the Action Academy podcast signing off. Hey, real quick, if you're still listening to today's episode, I'm assuming you got value from it, so I need your help specifically. My two-year vision with this show is to help over 1 million people do what they want, when they want, with who they want, and I can only do that with your help. There are two main ways that a podcast grows. One is through ratings and reviews, and the other is word of mouth. If you could please leave me a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, as well as send this to one or two friends that you think would get value from it, we can reach the people that we're looking to reach. Thanks in advance. Talk tomorrow.